Radio Frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield Dynamo and average actor. Chris Toll. Target man. Suspicious character. And... Welcome to Football Daft, the daftest Scottish football podcast around. My name's Stephen Purden, and let's introduce today's starting lineup. First, a man who will be attempting to do the show through the tears in his eyes. It's Chris Toll. How you doing, All right, mate? All right man. How are you? How are you? I'm good, you mate. I'm good. I'm good. I've had almost a week to feel a... feel all right. Aye. Aye. Aye, look at... Lennon's a man. I think everybody's a man. I think you're the man. I think Gredo's a man. We'll touch on it soon, man, and we'll get to the real Christopher Toll in a minute, man. We'll touch on it soon. But first, secondly, let's welcome a man who has a big smile on his face, and I'm sure it'll be there from start to finish today. It is the one and only Graham Steveley. Gredo, how are you, mate? I'm not too bad, mate. I'm a bit annoyed none of these of Messi's, mate, to congratulate me on getting my, my BAFTA nomination for Test Drive. You're not getting it, it's a show, mate. Do you get I'm the I'm the presenter for fuck. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? did you did, did you I, did actually, you message me? Aunt and Deck don't get awards, it's fucking exactly. Did you message me? No, but you never but you're up for it every year we're ever city for fuck's sake. This is the first one for city's been up for one in about ten years. Is it? Well, con- sorry, congrats, but as I say, it's Gredo, a one-man show, old test drive. Yeah, do you know what, Gredo? Congratulations, mate. I'm really proud of you. I'm congratulations on your BAFTA nominations, Bob. Congratulations on your BAFTA nomination. Toll. Can you, you get BAFTA nominations for Facebook videos? Three <laughs> 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 years ago. What's that? Mate, I said, you, you don't want to go back on... For Facebook videos three years ago, no? Mate, we don't want to go back on your fucking social media three years ago. We know what happened to them, Um, the, in, <laughs> it needs to be addressed. It needs to be a meeting, Gredo. 
That was your big advice. For anybody that, that didn't listen to Rangers and Celtic Daft Toll said, he came away with, do you know what they need to do? They need to have a meeting. A meeting. You know, as if like... And we spoke about like John Kennedy sitting driving along the M8 listening to the, the, the crossover <laughs> show and he's more gone, do you know what? Steve and I going to fucking Lennox Town tomorrow. I'm going to say to Neil, Neil, you should have a meeting. <laughs> Who knows what he's talking about? By the way, I don't know. I don't know how I'm not in it, Parkhead, in some capacity <laughs> with ideas like this. But no, but in, in all seriousness, I, I, what I was saying there, it does need to be addressed. He needs to sit them all down and fucking, do you know what? See if you don't want to be here, then you're not going to be playing. And it looked as if there was fucking ten, ten or nine or ten players on that pitch last Saturday that just didn't look interested, and it's embarrassing. Do you think Lennon is kind of regretting his words? at the end of full time on Saturday, just before what I heard yesterday was kind of basically saying, look, he gets he gets very emotional at the end of games and he just wanted to back up his players and say that everybody's amazing and what they're doing is amazing. Do you think, do you think he's kind of taken a wee step back and went, I should have fucking kept the heat a wee bit? No, that, I mean, he didn't lose it, but you certainly think he probably thinks that about himself. You know what, Gredo, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I've not even seen it because see the man at the full time whistle went, I turned the telly off. And that's the truth. No, in fact, I didn't. I switched over to Liverpool and Everton game. Well, I did. I, I did. That was all right, wasn't it? Let's talk about I Liverpool did. and Everton game. Nah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> no, but I mean, um, I, I know what you're saying there, Gradley, and I, I think you can, you can attest it as well. See, right after a result doesn't go your way, you're fucking raging, and you're, you know, you, you, you see things like. You don't think through what you're actually saying, and I think that that's what's happened there, Gradle, to be honest with you. Well, it's a bit like, you know, like I've always got a rule that, you know, if, if Rangers play bad or we get bait, man, I'm staying off social media, man. I don't want to deal with it. It's the last thing. And I don't understand. 100%. And I, and I, I, I don't understand folk because there's like folk on my Facebook that you hit to yourself or Twitter, whatever, and uh, you don't need to say anything. You don't need to I know, but Gredo, do you know how people take pleasure in being in being miserable? It's yeah. as if like, they, they, they love it. They love being downtrodden that much because they get to vent about it all. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And this, that gives them an opportunity to do it. And some people just aren't happy unless they're fucking miserable. Aye, and a lot, of the, a lot of the kind of miserable stuff, and you get it with a lot of Rangers fans and Celtic fans, it's all contrived. It's all fucking... It's all for attention. They're not really... They're just saying it for the sake of it, do you know what I mean? Like, some fans that go to the games, they're winning fucking 3 nils, no good enough, they want it to be 6 nil. They're still moaning about this and that and this and that. But you get that with all for them a lot. But social media for me was a happy place on Saturday. I was very, I was, I was very, I was very active. I was very, I was, I was putting my, my opinions out there and I was... Here's what I might ask you, but I didn't ask you the other night. What did you think of Scott Brown's performance, though? I thought... To be honest with you, he, he never like he never gave the ball away or anything like that a lot, and he, he did make some interceptions. Um, I thought Arfield had well. I don't know, man. I I thought Brown was alright, Stevie. To be honest with you, him and him and out, I think were the only two that I would possibly give any anywhere near pass marks. But the thing is, Brown and and Cham. Just can't play in the same team, man. They're, in my opinion, they both should be playing the same position. So, it, you know, Scott Brown's got he's got to become he's got to be winding down now. He's got to be Stevie, and 
it, we need to start believing these players that are going to be coming in to replace them. When you look at it, we've bought, um, we bought in Cham, who I think originally was a, a replacement for Brown. Right, we've bought uh, Kuashi, who I think was brought in to replace Brown, and we've brought in Sorrell, who I thought I think has been brought in to replace Brown as well. And none of them seem to be getting a chance. And now that he's coming to the end, yeah, he, he is coming to the end of his career, you know, he's, what is he, 35 going on or something? I think so, I, I think he's 35. He's, you know, you start to see it, see the more <clears> they <throat> mount up. I mean, Celtic have got an absolutely ridiculous schedule coming up. You know, we've got last season's Scottish Cup, we've got a fucking uh, Europe We've got the league as well, and I think we do we play some like four games in eleven days or something, something mad so. like that, right? If you think if you think Scott Brown is going to be able to play those four games and no. come through unscathed, it's, it it can't it can't happen. This is when we've got to start bringing through his successor, and mm-hmm. so that they're ready to go for next season. In fact, do I know what? So that they're ready to go for this season because. There's something needs to be done there. There, there really, there really is. But I think Scott Brown was all right on on Saturday. I'll be honest with you. But I think. Yeah, I, I hundred percent agree. I watched the game again on Saturday night, and there was one point. I think it was in the second half. First one, I can't remember, but he's won a header on the edge of his own box, and he's cleared the ball. A classic Scott Brown jumping up right through the ball. He's headed that away. I can't remember who not way. He's won the ball. The ball goes right up the pitch. Then he's up the pitch. He's up the other end of the pitch 10 seconds later and wins a free kick. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it going, that guy shouldn't have, shouldn't have been doing that. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, it falls out the same category for me with Steve Davis. Steve Davis isn't going to be able to play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. No chance. But Scott Brown, for me, I thought he was... I'd probably agree with you. I'd say him and the left back were probably Celtics only... McGregor tried to make things happen. He tried to have a bit of guy holding the ball. Wait, why have you get McGregor out on the left-hand side, man? I know, I know. And you're playing El Yanushi up front? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work, man. Just play El Yanushi on the left, play Clamara up front and put, put McGregor either behind the striker or in the midfield. Do you know what right. I mean? It's screaming out for it. And how can this guy not see this? How can he not see it? Do you know what I mean? And what I say is I, I touched on it as well. These Rangers players are looking over into a into a dugout and you've got Steven Gerrard that's up and he's kicking every fucking ball. He's kicking every ball with him. And you've got the select players and they're looking over into the dugout and they've got a guy that's sitting in his arse with his arms folded and his legs folded. Do you know what I mean? There's there's only one winner there. And it, it's, you know, obviously I'm, select, I'm a select fan, right? But it's the contrast between the two characters is fucking ridiculous. Ryan, I don't know if you agree with me, mate. It's... Like you're a you're a Celtic fan as well. Do you not think that's a big factor as well? I think for me, seeing him sitting there on on Saturday, like you say, arms crossed, body language spoke volumes for me. Um, that's a guy that is completely lost any enthusiasm he's got for the job. People have said before Neil Lennon's calmed down in recent years. You know, he's learned his lessons and blah blah. I'd prefer Neil Lennon. From yesteryear, who was up. Aye, I want the one that's running on the fucking pitch doing here. <laughs> Aye, like, for me, that's that's what we need. We need somebody like that. Somebody who it looks like he doesn't care to me, and I, I know it. I know he does care. I know deep down he will care, but he's not shown Aye. that. But but body language, body language is a big thing, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And if they're looking over there and they're seeing him sitting with his arms and his legs crossed, 
they're going to be like, oh, well, he's not balling his ass. Why should I be fucking balling my ass? Exactly. And then what I see is you look at the other dugout, Gerald's up, he's fucking, he's pointing, he's what, shouting his tactics on, you telling them what he wants them to do. Handsome bastard or not, ain't he? Handsome bastard or not. <laughs> <laughs> we can't exactly be running on the park doing the helicopters when he's getting bait 2 now, for fuck's sake, come on. You know what I mean, Grady? <laughs> Right, so I think he's going to have an issue with that, would you know? Two nonies running about the park, man, they're helicopters. Hey, don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> what, what, what I want to know is, how was he doing? It's a fuck it, it was the airplane he was doing. I don't know. Fuck off, what was he doing? You must be shit at that video game. <laughs> And there, that magic clock on there's Neil Lennon doing helicopter. <laughs> and then McCoy's going, I think you'll find that's an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> For me, that's an aeroplane all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's still sitting there and agree with Crocker and fucking that's a helicopter. Yes, that's a smashing helicopter. I'll tell you what, see if I'm that helicopter, the first bit of contact I'm going down. <laughs> it's a fucking <laughs> afternoon, man. See, who is it that uh, get, get brought down or something like that in, during the game? Uh, oh, it was when Lee Griffiths went through and he went round the goalie, remember? Mm-hmm. And uh, he tries to cut it back. And Andy, well, Walker, Andy Walker's like that. Andy Walker's like that. Don't know why he's not went down. That's Aye. a stonewall penalty if he goes Aye. down. How can he... How <laughs> how can he justify advocating fucking diving? How, how best, can he do The best bit with Andy Walker for me was the last 10 minutes. How many times did they say the word, it's embarrassing. This is just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Ah, he's like, yes, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I mean, see, short shy, they've not had a shot in car. It's embarrassing, Ali. It's embarrassing. Listen, but, there's only one fucking thing that's embarrassing that's Andy fucking Walker. Right, him, in fact, there's a few things. <laughs> it's a bit aggressive, <laughs> No, I'm telling you this, you know, you see that prick? He should be no, allowed nowhere fucking near Celtic Park. I'm telling you, him, Commons, and fucking the other arsehole. Just on the show, the show, then, no. So on the show today, we welcome former Celtic striker, Andy Walker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy, I've got a few fucking questions for you, son. <laughs> what about, right, with... We've covered all for him before. Fucking toll takes a cardiac sitting there, man. Right, what about, <laughs> what about the old Hearts and Dundee, man? That was a tasty affair, wasn't it, man? Opening oh, fixture they took playing each other. What was it, 6 2 or something like that? 6 2. Mm-hmm. Aye. Yeah. Hardy scored the 6 goal, man. Oh, that was good to see Hardy getting a wee aye. goal. Was it not? Aye. Aye. It wasn't the aye. last kick of the ball, wasn't it? That's Unfounded's level. That's Unfounded's level. So, hang on. Aye, it was a. Did you watch again? No. No. Didn't no. see it, mate. No. Didn't see it. Pretty good game, man. Pretty good game. Hearts were excellent, but my mate's a, a big jambo, and he says earlier on, before that game, he's like, I don't know how I'm going to get through the whole season watching Hearts in Scotland. Aye, right? that's a fucking um, tough one. And then then on Friday, they're fucking 6-2. In they're the going in. They'll fly, won't they, man? Mm-hmm. They'll fucking they'll cruise that league, I think. They will. Robbie, Nielsen, it, Robbie Nielsen knows that league better than anybody. Aye, aye. He does, and they've done the right thing appointing him because they'll be straight back up, there's no doubt about it. Cruise but, but do you think they'll come straight back up and then whoever falls down, Nielsen will just take the job there? 
That's what it seems to do all the time, isn't it? I don't, like, know, I I don't, I don't know if he fancies a Celtic job. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Trips, at time of recording, it's a huge night for both old firm teams in Europe. Rangers away to Standard Liège and Celtic welcome Giants, who me and Toll really like, AC Milan, where that man's Latin leading the line with Giant tonight. You know, it's a good game for you, but you've had to play a right good team after getting pumped off a right good team, didn't you? I don't really know if you do want to play a right good team. I think you want a confidence booster. I think you want, yeah. a, I think you want a, a broth or something like that. Oh, my mate, Ricky plays with them for fuck's sake, Camden. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are saying. Another honourable mention for Ricky Little. <laughs> the Rickster. Just watching. Um, do you know what? It's... And no, I, I can see us getting an absolute fucking hiding tonight. They have started the season well though, haven't they, Moran? Aye, they're off to an absolute flyer. Top of Serie I haven't dropped a point. You know what I mean? It's, what? Some, of the, some of the results in Italian football this season have been mental. Honestly, the, the, the amount of goals that are getting scored in Serie A is ridiculous. They beat Inter, didn't they? They've had the derby, they beat Inter. They're, they're ringing with their 100%. They've won every single one of their games. Aye, but I mean, one of the games was Inter Moran, wasn't it? Uh, I, I don't actually know. Aye, they, they won 2-1 on Saturday, so I scored both. Aye. Oh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even know. What I say is, after the Liverpool Everton game, I just turned the telly off and fucking went into a, curled up into a ball in my dog's cage <laughs> and tried to get through the rest of the weekend without fucking... <laughs> without, crying, without crying too much. But aye, hang me. Uh, they're, they're on fire they're now, going by their results. So, the only, ironically, the only match that I've watched of theirs was the the game against Rio Ave and the and the Europa League. With an epic shootout. Mate, they were fucking garbage at night. They were so bad. Honestly, mm. and seeing we get through against them, I was like, oh, maybe they're more the Milan that they used to be, but this season they're off to an absolute screamer and it, oh fuck, I'm worried about tonight, man. I, <laughs> I really am worried about tonight. Anyway, standardly edge, I've got obviously they've got some COVID issues. Barker's out for Rangers, which is for me a big blow, but we've got Hadji that'll probably come in. But I'm really looking forward to it. I always, it's just, it's, um, love watching Rangers in Europe. Aye, Ever since aye. Steven Gerrard's uh, taken over, we've done really well in Europe and we actually look really good when we play in Europe. So I, I agree with you. You've made some very valid points there, Grado. Since aye. Steven Gerrard took over, we have became a formidable outfit in Europe, yeah. and I think it should. But but they're only a point off the top of the league in Belgium, I think. will be dangerous. I think it'll be a tough game. But we should be going there with confidence. I mean, I'm confident, but at the end of the day, obviously I'm looking forward to seeing Rangers in Europe, but this year, to me, I think Europe is just a wee added bonus. And I suppose it's maybe, I don't know if Celtic fans feel the same, but their team, they'll be just wanting to try and wrap up the, the, the title this year. Um uh, you're absolutely right, Gredo. I think what you're saying there's dead on, mate. It, mm-hmm. it's, for me, though, it's not really a bonus. I always want Celtic to be in Europe, but the league absolutely takes precedence this season. Maybe your fucking team should have known that at the weekend, by the way. Yeah, anyway. Maybe your team should have known You cast that line right in there. Got me. Honestly, even the texting the other night, he's something doing that a fucking bride's night, man. One minute Lennon must go, the next minute Rangers are no one in another old firm game. Start of the show, no, I don't care. Yeah, man, no, 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 Listen, go back. What I said was Rangers won't win the next three, right? I didn't say that they wouldn't win one of them. I said they wouldn't win the next three. 
So on the show today we welcome former Rangers and Northern Ireland striker Andy Little. Oh, and brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's a question for you. Who would you have preferred? Andy Little or Andy Walker? <laughs> Fucking Andy Gorham. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's Chris's turn on the Legends Lottery, so we'll see what he has up his sleeve and find out what score Gradle got for last week's guest, his mates. Right. Right. I, need to talk to you. I need to talk to you about this, right? I need to talk to you about this. I was away last week. I took a wee, I took a wee, a wee annual leave, right? I took a wee, wee day off the podcast. The other day, I'm sitting looking at my phone, going through Twitter, and I see it's the wee, the wee snippet that John put up saying it's, or Ryan put up, it's Gredo's turn on the Legends Lottery. So I, the first thing I noticed was, and I'm noticing it again this week, our producer of the show has got a Celtic top on once again, right? And... Grado and Toll are trying to get a parrot to talk back to him. So I felt like a father who'd went on holiday and left his wings in an empty. <laughs> it felt like an empty, mate, trust me. No, but, I mean, we'll, we'll get... We'll it didn't feel like an empty. What it felt like was, see, after you've had the empty and you wake up in the morning and you're on dark and back that afternoon... <laughs> and the fucking house is upside down, that's what it felt Aye. like. The old Yellow Pages advert, man, trying to find somebody to clean the gaff up and all that. Aye, try to get the fucking French polisher out. Know what I mean? Good, man. Right, we'll, go, we'll talk about it when we get to the Legends Lottery, but also on the show today, the big question is, we want to know what your best I was there moment has been in football. Saturday. Saturday. We were one of the other, but... I know, I was there, I was there, I was there. <laughs> Sorry, we'll not talk. Right, we'll move on. Sorry, talk. No way I keep talking about it, mate. <laughs> Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Right, Chris, remember, if you've been in a road traffic accident, you're not at fault. G4 claims can make it easy for you. Uh, they can provide you with a complete accident management support that you require. We'll recover your costs from the at-fault party, sort out a like-for-like vehicle replacement, and they'll also organise your vehicle to be repaired at one of their approved body shops and return to you. Should your vehicle be deemed a write-off, they'll recover the pre-accident value for your car and write you a big flat cheque for it. And best of all, it won't cost you a penny as they charge the at-fault insurance direct. G4 claims don't cold call, they don't buy data, and once they process your claim, your insurance will remain unscathed. And the best thing is, Nicole and the team over there won't take on your case if they don't think they can help. So if you've been in a road traffic accident or know someone that has, go on to G4 Claims on 01698 That's 01698 Get them at notatfaultclaim.com or find them on social media at G4 Claims on Facebook. G4 Claims. Not, Not a fault claims. claims. Easy. The Legends Lottery on Football Daft. Right, folks, let's get down to the back of the couch of Scottish football and see if we can pull out a fine coin. Do you know what, lads? I'm sorry, this is a Legends Lottery section, right? And I kind of feel as if we've ripped the arse right out of it recently. Right? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to... I tried my heart out to get somebody on this this week. And everybody just keeps saying, oh, I'll do it, and then pulling out and stuff like that. So, I'm not going to bother Mars getting a fucking talking ferret on or something like that. 
or somebody that's walked past a football stadium one week. Hold on, hold on. I know you're cutting a promo here and you're getting serious, but let's just... um, Ryan, have you got the results for Mr Chow last week? I'm desperate to hear how um, the talking parrot managed to go on the Legends Lottery last week. Let's just get out of the road, can I? I do, right. So going into this, Stephen leads on 26.4. Chris has got 18.4, which means, Gator, you only need 1.4 for this to to go above Chris. Because you've got 17.1. So this week's score... Um, I was actually terrified to tell you this one because I think Chris is going to be absolutely fizzing. You got 4.5 grado. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Chow, if you're listening. I'd love to get him on for an acceptance speech, but he's a bit shy. <laughs> and told you oh, look very, very angry. I now overtake you. So what you're trying to say is you want to rap Legends of Lottery. Well, if you want to rap it today, you come last. And that's fair enough if you want to do that, mate. I understand it. As- do, you know, do, do you know what, boys? Do you know what he's of... But he's day all the time, and it really fucking rips my nothing. He's leave the Legends Lottery to like three days, two days before we start recording. You've got three weeks to get somebody on. All right, mate. Cheers. You know what? Three weeks. A lot, a lot can change in three weeks, man. The teacher's right. region. I, like, what? For example, a broth might get fucking hammered one week. Fuck and then right. your, your, your guest can't come on. But sometimes mm-hmm. they do, and that means that your legend needs to cancel because he's manager over his boss. Right. right. So we'll put that would have been good. There, right? That would have been good, right? It would have been good. It's, it's all shoulda, woulda, could as we used to with the fucking legends lottery, man. Oh, but I managed to get somebody last week. Do you want to know the story behind Mr. Fucking Joe, Stevie? Do you want to know the story? I don't, I don't, and I don't want the listeners want to hear it again. I don't, right. I, I really don't. Well, judging by the results, mate, you got 4.5. Aye, it's because it's to, it's to wind up a certain member of the panel here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's happened, that he's only happy we hammer me at the football. He's wanting to fucking rub my nose in it with the Legends Lottery and all. It's not a day with me. It's not a day with me. No, no, Stephen, I understand, mate. Don't worry. Listen, I, I was always brought up to never kick a man when he was down, but I'll tell you something, lads. See, I, I don't know what I've done to these listeners. They just fucking... They, they're, they're not... They, they, I actually seen a comment saying, just to get it up to 5.0. Right. 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 Now, that's not, I, that's, that takes the fun out of you. And this is what I said right at the beginning. All the Rangers fans are going to give Grado and Stevie 5.0 and they'll give me nothing and all the Celtic fans will give me a high score and give Grado and Stephen nothing. So it's not fair. It's not an even playing field. But so Tom, what Tom, we need Tom. to do is come up with a different segment for the show right. going forward. But to see to get points, you might have somebody on the show. Exactly, mate. Do you know what? I'd, I'd, That's what you've you not done. You've seen right. the start of this. See the start of this. I well, would have said it would have finished Maybe you tap me second, or maybe me tap you second, and they, I'm not offending Grado when I say this, I know he won't be offended. I'm really proud that he's done what he's done here. He's finished second. And Tom, right. you have, you've not only let me down and other folk, you've let yourself down, Chris. Right. Take a long, hard look at yourself, Tom. Aye. And now you're shouting for the fucking rooftops, let's ditch this segment, because you can't get any cunt on. It's a conspiracy! It's a conspiracy! 
always, always cheated, never defeated. Never defeated. Ah. I was just about to say that there. I was just about to say that. Right, so for the listeners out there, he's the David McCracken of the Legends Lottery. He's at the bottom of the pile. Credo is, <laughs> Credo, Credo is second. He's actually fucking done. I'm like I say, mate. I'm proud of you. I'm proud bro. of you. Bro. I have finished at the top of the table. Saying that's the Legends Lottery done then. <laughs> by the way, Stevie, Gredo's not kicking the arse after catching you and all. I know, Tull, but you're nowhere, mate, so you can't make any comments. I'm tired. We, we should maybe let it run for another three weeks to see if he overtakes you. When he brings, when he brings on some guy that he fucking gets served in summer fields with or something. Honestly, two, two, of the highest scorer, two of the highest scorers in this are his fucking cousin who's a mascot and Chow the Parrot. <laughs> Oh, man. I wish I'd just brought Brian McPhee on every fucking week. <laughs> right, so are we saying this is the end of Legends Lottery? I don't know. Why don't we put it to the fans? Why don't we put it to the people that listen? And what, what, do, what do they think? Do they think I'm getting a fair, a fair shake of the fucking whip here? Right, let's shoot for the hip. This week we're going to try and arrange something new for this podcast. Aye, we're going to try and... Aye, aye. We're going to try and readjust it, re-kind of sugar We're going to have a Cobra meeting. We're having a Cobra meeting, mate. We're having a Cobra meeting. We're having a Cobra meeting. Credo, we're changing our gimmick. Aye, we are. It's like uh, the the Godfather gone into the good father, isn't it? (laughs) That's how extreme we're taking it here. Oh my God, that was a a hard fucking time. That That was a hard hard. time in my my teens. Right, so anyway. Let's on top, Bottom end, bottom line here is I've tried again. I've been fucking... I hung on the end of a thread and fucked off. So I've not got ending the Legends Lottery. And because because of that, purely because of that, and because of the shambles that it's turned into over the past few weeks, I think we're going to change it up, folks. And uh, if you've got any suggestions, by all means, get in touch. We might not listen to you, but get in touch anyway. All right. Thanks very much for listening. Football Dafts. Big question. Right, folks. Every team has got that moment in their history that supporters will never, ever forget for as long as they live. Might even say, I was there for. Right? Now, for me personally, obviously it's the the Barcelona game and Nakamura's free kick against Man United as well. Um, what about yourselves, lads? What's, what's the moment where you're like, I was there when I happened? This might come as a surprise for you, but mine's is probably... May the 15th, 1999, the OVD Scottish Junior Cup final, Kawinan Rangers <laughs> versus Kelty Hearts. The Buffs hadn't won the Scottish Cup in 100 years, and every year it was the, it was a Talbot, it was Glenafton, never the Buffs. But that season we were in eight competitions and we won every trophy, the West of Scotland. Credo, who scored the win on that cup final? The one, the only, Mr Gerald Oh! <laughs> And the full game is up on YouTube, but what I love about that day is I was only 11 and I ran a bus for Stevenson. I got a, I ran a bus and I had about 74 cone at what a day. My grand was there, my Uncle George. Everybody paid, face painted their, their face blue. Um, Mate, you see when you talk about this junior stuff, your face feel lights up, man. It's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> Mate, it was tremendous. I'm no joking and I'll, always, I'll never forget there was an open bus celebration thing in Kilwinning after it, and the streets of Kilwinning were absolutely mobbed, and I had a wee disposable camera, and I always remember 
Jerry had the cup and I went, Jerry, Jerry, 40. And he went, well, right, so I could get it. And I went, click. And I got an absolute belted up picture, man. You still Superb. What? Still I, I, should, I, I should still have it. But um, I say, as I say, I've got like a, a t-shirt all signed. I've got a picture yeah, next to the trophy. I can, I can get that 40 signed for you. I know Jerry Pony. <laughs> 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 but that was definitely, I was there that moment. Love yourself, Stevie. I'm trying to think, man. I'm got. I would probably just say helicopter Sunday. You, but you were you, you weren't there. The I game, was there you? literally at Easter Road. I was at Ibrox after. Well, actually, you weren't there then. Uh, no. You were there, Bobby. Alright, right, fucking calm <laughs> down. Gradle, do you know what my favourite was? See episode but. fourteen of Breaking Bad. Oh, I was. I wasn't actually there, but I watched it in the telly. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, it? it's like. <laughs> I was there. That's not what I mean. I'm saying, I'm saying, I was at Ibrooks after it when they, when they came back, when the players all came back. I so was that, but I still wouldn't say that, uh, mate. You said the fucking OVD Junior Cup final, mate. No. <laughs> 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 Listen, team's never won the Junior Cup final. <laughs> 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 fucking Denison, man, they were rotten to. Denison. <laughs> 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 Oh yes, no, was it no Shettleston? Was it Shettleston? You're talking about Shettleston Juniors? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a talking about Shettleston. Shettleston Juniors are pish. Aye, that's right. Although, I do go down to Shettleston a lot because I've got a lot of family down there and I, I do Shettleston Bob? You can't <laughs> fucking go, go back now, can you? <laughs> Shettleston Bob? <laughs> Shettleston Bob. <laughs> Shettleston Bob. Shelton Bob, man. Walking in buying a raffle and all that. Shelton Bob, man, he's getting right into Shelton these days. Three days are long gone, mate. <laughs> what game, game have you been at? Where I would say the, Par- the Parma games, one that sticks in my head. I, I, was was boy. I, went, I went with my dad. Me and my dad went. Rainer. Nah, I went with my dad. Rainer and Vidmar. Also, honourable mention to the Kelly game where we we won a league at Rugby Park in 2011. That was a cracking game to be at. Anyway, we'll have a wee quick look. Uh, and but maybe actually, Ryan, do you maybe want to have a wee two cents? Do you want to say what your eye was there? Oh, I'd probably say the Scottish Cup final, Tom Rogic. Probably yeah. for the treble. Aye, invincible treble. I say good one. That was a good one. I know. I, 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 that's I, what I said. I know you used to want it there for that one. You haven't, haven't had them for a while, have you? Oh, boo. Mm. Hey, so, hang we'll, we'll talk about what the... Oh, shots fired, man. Ryan, he will, not, he will not be doing this show again. <laughs> Ryan, um, I think you've just uh, you've just confirmed that you won't be here next week. So, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on with the, with the listeners are saying. Thomas Osborne says, I've seen David Gray in the 114 years of thought we won header of a ball past Wes Fodry. Now, Gredo, you, you, can, you can testify to this because... You obviously seen the buffs going through a hundred years of hurt. So you'll you'll know what Thomas Osborne's been going through. I, I must, must have been some feeling, eh? Who who's who is who are we talking about here? David Gray? Why the listeners said that's way. I but that, I don't remember who David Gray played for or what this He played for Hibs. It was the fucking year the year Hibs beat in the Scottish Cup final. That was a horrible day, man. I was at that game and it's got to be one of the worst days of my life. Aye. Honestly. I was, oh, I was in the back of a motor going down to Liverpool to wrestle and I was going to meet my hero Scott Hall and I met him and he was a total cunt to me. <laughs> Horrible day, man. Yeah, I, was, I was in a, a car 
in a car park outside Tesco in Coat Bridge listening to that game. And it, well, I, there must have been about 40 guys and motors just sitting listening to that game while their missus is in Tesco. Oh. And anyway, uh, half of them cheered when the, when the goal went in, half of them head went down, man. So you can, it's Coat Bridge, it's, it's always the fucking same, isn't it? We Coat Bridge tall, man. Ah, fuck off, man. We Coat Bridge Chris, sitting listening to the Rangers games in the car park, man. <laughs> Bridge, Chris and fucking Shettleson, Bob. There's a, there's a, there's a pair. <laughs> right, Matty Collins says, when Celtic beat Barca with a Tony Watt goal, then went straight to night shift at Tesco. By 4am, I was dead on my feet, but worth it. Sorry. Scott Keefe says, <laughs> Aberdeen beaten Bayern 3-2 at Petodre in 1983. Totally written off and went 1-0 and 2-1 down. That's a great memory from Scott, who follows Aberdeen in their travels. We've got both yeah. Niall Kane and Alan McClickus. Is that Alan McClickus? Is that, that's an odd name, isn't it? Right. Uh, he said, listen to me, fucking told, you know what I mean? Um, he said both Griffiths free kicks against England. Alan was directly behind the goal for both unbelievable scenes. Where was Niall? I don't know, Niall's, I think Niall's just been put in for comedy. Both Niall Kane and Alan McClickus. Loving Karan's last minute header against Celtic in the Scottish Cup final. That must come from Anonymous. Yes, Martin <laughs> Sheffield also says Tony Watt's goal against Barca nearly burst out greeting at full time. Joe Will says when Bigger Will and Moe must start setter for Scotland. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> Joe Hilton says Nakamura free kick against Man United. Ross Johnston says Nacho Novo's pen to take us to the UEFA Cup final. Right, okay. now if that's my cousin Ross Johnston, he wasn't fucking there. <laughs> well, I'm telling you that now. I'm calling you out, Ross Johnson. You're a liar. You weren't there. Alda McNaught said Chelsea <laughs> came to Ireland for a friendly and he witnessed Philip Seaborn actually scoring a goal. What a player he turned out to be. Graham Miller went more recent with Rangers coming back to beat Braga 3-2. I was at that game it's that night. Shout. I was at that game. I was sitting next, day, sitting next to Haji's dinner. And Ben Gurley said... Clang. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you dropped him in there, Graham. Uh, <laughs> pick it up, mate. Drop something off your table, mate. <laughs> ben Gurley said he went, um, he went to France to see some games at Euro 2016. First game was in the Stade de France and he seen Payet ping one top bins and stop each time he won the game. Ended up 10 rows down being bundled over by a load of French folk. Unreal. That would be some experience, wouldn't it? That would be quite cool. That was cool. I seen uh, Justin Timberlake at the Stade de France. Did you? Did you? Was he good? He was good, mate. He was really entertaining. But what I was surprised at is Stade de France has all these wee boozles all around the... Like kind of sports bars all around around about the stadium, man. It was a sight to see. Sorry, mate. Who did you say you seen there? JT. Justin Timberlake. I don't know why, but I thought you said Kenny Rogers there. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is, how's Kenny Rogers still in the Stade de France? And well, why a, is Vado there? I've seen a Kenny Rogers tribute act in uh, Tenerife before. But... I must have been a bit of a gamble. <laughs> 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 I can't like that tickled me a wee bit. Football daft with G4 Claims. Find them on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at G4 Claims Limited.
you can now get more content for Fitba Daft on Patreon. Just in case you don't know what Patreon is, it's a subscription service that you sign up to not only support the podcast, but you also get mere content. So we've set up three tiers which you can choose for. Tier one is £5 a month and it's League One. On there, you'll get early access to the episodes. You'll get an ad-free version of the show. You get a patron-only chat community community where you can talk amongst yourselves, and you also get a full video version of the podcast. Tier Two is £7.50 a month, and it's the championship. You get everything in Tier One, plus some brand-new podcast phase on there. You can hear Rangers Daft and Celtic Daft. This week, it was Celtic Daft versus Rangers Daft, the aftermath of the old fun. You can hear that. And actually, that's actually free right now up on where you get your podcast, just as a week and a teaser if you fancy listening to that every week. Teammates, basically each week we talk to who we have on the show, and just before we get right into the interview with day, I kind of ripped off Soccer AM style 10 questions. So up there you can hear Kevin Harper, Keith Lasley, Negri, Sutton, Jim Duffy's is good, Rob Jones, Greg Dockery, Hartson, uh, and Chuck Young's last week, and you also get to hear um, Andy Littles this week as well. So as well as that, you get the football daft outtakes. A lot of folk are saying this is better than the actual show. It's about 25 minutes worth of outtakes, and you also get everything that was in the previous tiers. Tier 3 is their exclusive premiership tier, which is only available to 100 members, and there's only a few spaces left. It's £10 a month, and you'll get everything we've just mentioned, plus you get a free football daft t-shirt as long as you're signed up for a minimum of four months. You get to play Chris or Stephen at FIFA, but you must be on PC PS4, soon to be the PS5, and you get the first chance to be a pundit on Rangers or Celtic Daft, which is something I really enjoy. We get a Rangers or Celtic phone fan on every week to do to do the kind of punditry on the relevant podcast. We'll be adding more stuff to these tiers as the season progresses, but that's where we'll have to start. So if you fancy getting signed up, then you go to patreon.com forward slash football daft. That's patreon, P-E-T-R-E-O-N.com and football daft, all the one word. Get involved now as we'd love to welcome you to the squad. Football Daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notatfaultclaims.com. Let's welcome to Football Daft, a Scottish footballing legend. He's a former goal-scoring machine for both Rangers and Northern Ireland. He's a turned pundit. Please welcome to the show, Andy Little. Andy, how you doing, my man? Good, thank you. Cheers for having me. Andy, you were telling us just before we come on there that you're going to do the, the, the football the night, the commentating. How How is that for you just now? You seem to be getting quite a lot of media gigs and stuff like that. The Rangers, Joe, that, I think that would be the coolest thing ever, getting to go, especially in, in these kind of times. It's good that you're actually getting to go to the football. You know what I mean? Aye. It's, um, it's stupid now. I'm trying to remember the last game. I think it was the last game before uh, the international break, maybe Ross County. And it was Aye. the first game I'd actually done for Rangers TV at home. And you do, you feel a wee bit special because you're looking around and uh, all you see is like members of the board and and uh, and the management and the subs and, and media. That that's all they get in. So Aye. I'm loving I'm loving any game I get right now. Um, certainly, uh, you know the home games. Um, but you know, media stuffs good. It comes in stages. Like every so often, you get you get a few in a row, and then you go a bit quiet for a while. No, it's 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 a thing that you're seeing a lot, a lot of players going into now, definitely after football, after their career. But I obviously retired a wee bit too soon. Mm-hmm. Is it? Um, how do you feel about? I was going to say Des Lynam. It's no Des Lynam. Would you call him Des Lynam? That's come back a bit, mate. Who'd you call him? <laughs> Clive Tilsley. Clive Tilsley. Have you ever Des had? The, have you ever had the opportunity to work with him yet? I mean, I know you've you're kind of like a wee tag team with with, with Tom, but have you ever had the opportunity, or will you have the opportunity to commentate alongside him? I haven't. I'm hoping so. Um, so the way it works at the minute is basically Clive's doing all the the home games, doing all the TV, and Rangers TV have gone out and paid a fair bit of money, I think, to get him. And mm-hmm. 
it's mm. brilliant. Like, you know, for, from a fan's point of view and from the season ticket point of view, I love the fact that Rangers TV has spent a lot of money to bring in proper top, top uh, legendary status Aye. pundits, you know. So for me, I, I don't expect to be up there with those boys. But at the same time, I, I enjoy my wee gig with, with Tom. We do the radio and we, we do the radio for every game. And then we do the TV and radio for away oh. games. Um, so that's, that's kind of how it works. And Tom's been an unbelievable servant to the club. Like he's been, a, mm-hmm. he's been involved with Rangers TV and Rangers media for I think maybe thirty years or something silly. So, ah, um, it's great they kept him on because I was obviously aye. it was exciting times when they announced Clive Tildesley and they announced like all the other people, Neil McCann, Alex Ray, all that kind of stuff. Emma Dodds. But you're thinking, I hope they keep Tom. Aye, that's Tom what is, I thought it was real, Bob. Aye, aye, he's part of the furniture, isn't he? Mm-hmm. When you watch Rangers TV, hundred percent. I was. I think. I think even he would say that himself. I think he he would have felt a bit put out, definitely, if he'd just been bombed in in favour of Clyde Tidsley for however long that lasts. Because I don't think that's going to go on forever. It's no. It's just, no. it's just to give the Rangers fans and anyone else who's watching the games, you know, a really sort of top class performance and show that they put on. But at the same time, Tom is brilliant. I think he's absolutely brilliant, and I think most Rangers fans would have been gutted if if that had been him out of the picture. But He'll be there no matter what, you know, whether Clive Tidley's doing it or whether or, or not, uh, Tom's sort of waiting and, and ready. And thankfully, I get to be alongside him. So you're saying, you're saying Tom's been there like, involved with Rangers media for like 30 years and stuff, Andy. So when you were still playing at Rangers, come, even coming through the ranks and stuff, did you know Tom then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Aye. He's got this ridiculous memory too. He could tell me like my first game or my first goal for the reserves. Because that's the way it used to be. When you used to have Rangers TV and uh, Celtic TV, you get the reserve games on a Tuesday. Um, so Tom, oh, do you remember that on Sky? Remember the Rangers mm-hmm. and Celtic I, panel? It, it was brilliant. Uh, and, um, I forgot about that. I, I moved over 16, 17 and started watching myself on, on, on TV playing like a reserve game and it was wee Tom who was commentating. So, like, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, known, I've known of him and, and known him for, well, whatever that is now, 15 or something years. Aye, right. yes. See how you are, I know you probably want to get into your, your career, but what I find interesting, I see obviously you're going to commentate tonight, Andy, but what do you stay? Do you go to iBrooks today or do you go to a studio? Or That's weird, isn't it? It's not weird, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a sort of a thing, obviously in the times that we have right now with COVID and everything, it's an away game, so we're not, we don't travel. Um, and I think most people understand the reasons why that is. Um, but, Certainly home games were there, obviously, and we're, um, we can do everything we want to do. But for the away games, just given the circumstances right now, we, we, we do it from Ibrox, um, which is a bit strange. But, I mean, it's, it's only it's a, small thing to, it's a small thing given everything that's going on in the world right now. Right. Aye, of course, man, of course. Uh, can you, are you allowed to take a plus one, Andy? Because I would like to go and sit in my seat for a while because I've not been there for a while now. I'm missing it. Uh, no, unfortunately, or not. Um, it's they're 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 doing everything right. You have to get your temperature. You have to do a a, a wee um, questionnaire. It's not a quiz. It's a questionnaire. The day, before, <laughs> uh, the, day before, the day before you get the Ibrox, and then they they do temperature and all that. So it's it's very it's top it's top level security, which also makes you feel a wee bit special when you walk in. Uh, you would, don't you? So I did take, take, take us back to when you first uh, made the move. I take it you had to move when you were a young boy from Northern Ireland to to play in the Rangers Youth Academy. Was that the deal? How did that come about? Yeah, so I was um, sort of 16, just turning 17, and I'd had 
endless amount of trials down in England, Sunderland and Newcastle and Stoke City, all these kind of teams. And they'd never come to anything. I'd never got offered a contract. Um, so I'd sort of given up the hope of, of going professional, if I'm honest. Um, and then it was actually Bomber Brown, who, who watched me playing for Northern Ireland, offered me a week-long trial at the club. And I came over and at the end of the week, they offered me a two-year youth team contract. Um, and they basically said, like, when can you move over? Uh, so it, it all happened very, very quickly. But I was I went home, had a week very quick think about it and, and that, <laughs> uh, about three weeks later maybe I moved over and then, man, that's, that's so cool I mean it's like, especially because you, you were a Rangers fan growing up eh, Andy yeah like I don't I don't claim to be a diehard Rangers fan from young I must admit like in Northern Ireland you're you're sort of you know obviously you lean one way or the other if it came to an old firm game I certainly was a Rangers fan but I'm more interested in English football if I'm honest I was a Man United right? yeah I was a Man United fan Right. Um, but the, the the weird thing is now I've lived here for 13 years 14 years and I've got no interest in English football now like really? I, I, I don't really enjoy it I find it's full of prima donnas and do you think that's because Man United are shite now <laughs> yeah, I was a glory I was a glory hunter definitely um, <laughs> no like I just think I, I love the Scottish game and, and I really I mean that like I, I love I feel like the soul's still in Scottish football, whereas it's kind of gone out of English football. I've actually touched on that a few times, Andy. I think that the, the, I heard I heard it uh, referred to as a, a tourist a tourist league. That's what it was. Mm. I heard the English game being referred to as a tourist league last right. week. And do you know what? I'd, I've been down south to a couple of games, and I would say about twenty percent of the attendance is actual fans. You know what I mean? Like you, you see people and they've got their, their cameras out, they've got half and half scarves at Liverpool Man United games. I mean, see if you try to do that with a Celtic Rangers game up here, you'd get your fucking head kicked in. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's a, a, you're right in what you're saying there. The, the soul's been ripped out of English football and it is still in Scottish football. So long may it continue, but it, have you ever tried to explain this to somebody that doesn't watch Scottish football? They're just not interested. Like I've been to the, I lived in Manchester for a couple of years when I was at Preston, and I went to the Manchester derby, and I was like, I came away from it just embarrassed. Like I just thought, if that's if that's aggression, if that's like rivalry, and you think that really mattered out there, like you need to come up to to East End or or Govan some some Sunday and watch an old firm game, like because mm-hmm. it's just on a different. Exactly. It's not even that. Point. Even send them to send them to Motherwell versus Hamilton Aki's or something like that. And you, I mean, it's like the what you said there. It's it's so sanitised down south. And did you find that? See, when you went down to play down there, did you find that was was it like that on the park? I just I I, I like I, I'm a I'm just a full Scottish football now. It's for me. This is where I live, and I'm, I'm you know I'm engaged now to a girl from Falkirk. So fantastic. You know, I, I just is I'm that John's <laughs> John, our producer, he's for Falkirk and all. He's a big, he's a big Burns fan. Yeah. Um, but it's did you? What I was saying there, did you find that on on the pitch during the uh, when you moved down south, was it was it a different type of game completely down there compared to up here? I don't know because I played when I went to Preston. We were in League One. We got promoted to the Championship at the end of that year, but League One was was quite similar in some ways. Actually, it was. Mm pretty blood and thunder like it was physical it was so no I don't I don't I, I would say maybe the lower leagues of England it's not fair to criticize them and their fans because I think they are pretty 
Aye, aye, whatever words you use. I think it's just the top flight. It's just where the money is. It's where these players, it's where players have become bigger than the clubs. And players are just out there for contracts, personal contracts. And, you know, they. I just think that's what I mean by the soul. Like, so I don't think the soul aye. is in big clubs, the Premier League clubs. I think it's still in the lower league clubs, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. It's just gone out of, uh, out of the Premier League. But Andy, you're saying like when you're younger, you were, you, were, you were nearly giving up on becoming a professional, but you then make your senior debut and come on as a sub for Chris Boyd in the 2009 Scottish Cup semis. How did, how did that journey feel? If you were a bit of a Rangers fan growing up and then the journey coming to finally making your senior debut, how did that feel? I, it was unbelievable. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I was probably about a week away, maybe one game away from getting released at the end of my, con- my two-year contract. I wasn't doing mm-hmm. overly well. I was playing as a striker. Um, and it was only thankfully that Sandy Jordan saw me playing in a reserve game at right back that, you know, mm-hmm. I actually stayed at the club. You know, I could well have been away from the club. So for me to then go on, have another year and then another couple of years and then another couple of years and, and, and stay at the club, make my debut, obviously, um, was something that I definitely probably for a long time didn't believe would ever happen. Andy, mm-hmm. I, I always remember that, that game when you started at the old firm. What was the... What was happening again? Was it no something that Begera was injured or was he... I can't quite remember the story. And then I remember seeing you <coughs> announce because the reason why I can remember it, that day, my English teacher, she had a she had a, a ticket in the government front and I remember she started arguing with me. I was fit for this woman, Mrs. Kirk, and I was saying, Begera's out. Andy Little's playing right back and she was going, Begera is playing. Begera is playing. <laughs> I had to say it a lot. Begera isn't he playing. He is not. He, he will be playing. And then I think, did begin, I can't remember, did begin a step that game? I can't quite, tell me the story. I, I generally, I can't, I, can't, I can't remember the build-up much either. It was a bit of a blur, but I only found out about, as often was the case with Walter Smith. Walter Smith named his team an hour and a half before the game, every game, no matter what. The only game that you had a fair idea, I'm about to contradict myself, but old firm games and European games, he would give you a bit of an idea sometimes the day before, where you'd maybe do set pieces. But for any other game, and for that game as well, he didn't name the team until an hour and a half before, so I didn't have a clue. And it, weirdly, I'd played like half my career as a striker, half my career, sorry, half my career as a striker, the rest of my career as a right midfield, and about 5% of my career at right back. And he, wow. he, put, he put me straight in. Um, so it was, I felt all right. I, weirdly, I think, I think it's better to find out late sometimes for, for something like that. Um, because you don't like the, it doesn't allow the nerves to kick in quite as much. Aye, so you can't build it up in your head too much and stuff like that. I, I, I can understand why you would why you would leave it to the last minute. To be honest, I had a few extra trips to the toilet though. I'm not going to lie. I genuinely. <laughs> this is true. I said this story one time on on um, a, a radio show, uh, and uh, I totally forgot that I'm kind of like telling whoever many thousand people are listening but I genuinely had to go back after the warm-up and change my slips no way you shot yourself you actually <laughs> shot yourself I didn't I didn't I just I think I'd done about two or three shits before going out to warm up and I hadn't wiped properly it's pressure I totally understand I'd be the same man fuck Honestly. your ass let's just you know what I mean Cradle, you're a wrestler, you can't fucking do that. <laughs> Fuck up, get a fuse in your ass for half a night. <laughs> I think that's so, amazing, uh, man. I actually had to go, I had to go in and change, but I didn't want anyone to see me doing it. 
So I didn't know what to do with my with my slips. So I thought, "Wish your slips, by the way, your briefs." Uh, like briefs, I white. They call them slips. I don't know why, but yeah, briefs. So I had these white briefs. So everyone wore this. Either you pretty much most of the boys wore these white briefs, and uh, so I had to get another pair out of the bag, and then hide the other pair in behind the cistern in the toilet. <laughs> Because I didn't want anyone to see what I'd done. That's, that's still there. <laughs> Some cleaner will have seen that like five years later or something and be like, who the... <laughs> Somebody should have given you a modium that day, mate. Because that would have stopped all that right away. <laughs> Do you know what? I was absolutely fine, though. It was just a, in a, in a that's panic. That's because you were 14 pounds lighter. <laughs> in, a panic, in a panic, I forgot to wipe properly. I think that was all it was. That's a great, though, before we've done our first panther together, man. I know, man. Fuck. I, I've, I've been. There's a few situations where I've had to change my boots just before I go and perform. But anyway, this is about the better, mate. But what happened in the game? Was it 11 minutes? You pulled a hammy, wasn't it? Something really frustrating. Uh, genuinely, I pulled my. I think I, I started the process of pulling my hammy after about 10 seconds. You're joking. sure it wasn't when you were straining for a shite earlier? <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, I am. Um, I think Scott Brown just they had that a Chinese fella, tall, big, tall Chinese fella played left wing, and uh, from this from the kickoff, Scott Brown I think obviously knew young lad, nineteen twenty whatever it was, starting an old firm, fire fire a big diag down my throat. So I went for a didn't want to lose my first header, and I like just overstretched, went for it mad, won the header, but felt my hammy straight away and I'm like no way this can't because I've had so I've, even at that stage it's had so many injuries mm-hmm. and I was like no this can't have just happened in the biggest chance I've ever had like and uh stumbled on for a couple of minutes and then um I think it was Sean Maloney maybe ran at me and I was generally quick enough like I could have kept up with him no bother but I couldn't I just couldn't run I was like I've 100% done my hammy so I said to Davey Weir I was like Davey I've I think he said like you you go or you something like that there and I says I can't. He said, like, What do you mean you can't? I'm like, I can't run. Like, what do you mean you can't run? Like, I think I've done Miami. So blah blah blah. I hum- I went up front then for like three or four minutes while we waited for the ball to go out of play and I came off after No way. I think it was front and I did quite well. I did a couple of nice wee touches, but uh, that's <laughs> amazing. But do you think that you are probably like saying to Davey, where would that day here, man? Will you Will you shout your Walter for me? I'm too fit to say because I think I, you would be feeling like that. You'd, you'd put uh, your horn up and going. I, I, I think I, I my hat. You'd oh, be shitting yourself. Like that old firm atmosphere is just like nothing I've ever experienced. And I was lucky enough to play in three of them, and and obviously like youth won youth cup finals and stuff as well. But there's just exactly I didn't want to. I didn't want to lie on the floor and go. I think I couldn't do that. I was like Davy. I think I've done my hammy. And he's like, like, something happened in the game. So we had to run on and play a bit longer. But a minute later, he goes, have you done, probably with some flowery language, have you done your hammy? And I was like, <laughs> aye, I think so. <laughs> he's like, so the message got across to the, to the physio and on he came. And that was that. Was you green, though? I think it probably was. I, I, can't, I, I, I wouldn't have done it in my way off the pitch, but I probably did <laughs> later on. Like, That's I, a sin, man. Yeah. But then if you, if you put that, the contrast and emotions for that when you came off the bench, but Andy scored against Celtic, like talk us through that. How did that feel? Uh well, same same place, same pitch, different, totally different emotions. Like just, I was a few, probably a couple of years later in my career. I was probably a bit more. I played a few more games and felt a bit more confident about myself. And um, I came out of nowhere again. Just uh, we were one nil up 
And obviously that was the time that the club was going through the start of administration process and you know, not a good time for the club, but Celtic could have won the league, could have lifted the trophy that day. Um, I can't remember the date, some date in March, and um, they could have lifted the trophy. Um, we went 1-0 mm-hmm. up and I came on, Cross came in, Lafferty missed one, Lee Wallace missed one, and I've tapped it in and obviously we went 2-0 up, we won the game and I, it was amazing. I had my whole family there as well, my whole family nice. just came over, like they, my dad would come over for most games that he knew I was playing, but my whole family were there. So just to, just like, I, I knew pretty soon after the game, I knew like, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. You know, it was kind of, it wasn't like, a, it wasn't like one of those ones that you don't, you didn't realise what had happened or, it was like, I knew what this game was all about and I knew what had just happened. And okay, we, we weren't going to win the league, but we stopped them on, you know, on what would have been one of the best days in, in that club, in their club's career. And, Aye. Obviously, I've got a fair old um, passion for Rangers, so I didn't want to let that happen. What age were you then, Andy? Don't even know. Twenty-one. You know what age you was? You. Well, you were born in nineteen eighty-nine, and this was two thousand and twelve. So it's that, and then you're twenty-three. Twenty-three, yeah. Twenty-three. You're born then, Damien. So you're probably twenty-two. So say then, right? Twenty-two. That's relatively young. Do you know what I mean in your career? But with everything that was happening, as you were talking about with Rangers there. And then what happened after that old firm game in that summer? You would have been free to leave the club, but you chose to stay. How big a decision was that for you personally when you know what the club's going through, where they're going, whatever, do you know what I mean? I, it, was, it was a big decision, but at the same time, I don't, I'll never um, want to claim that I did something heroic. I was, I was lucky to play for Rangers, and I knew I was lucky to play for Rangers, and there's mm-hmm. no way if, if they were going to offer me a contract, really... <clears throat> They did offer me something, I think, verbally, but it was a wee bit pathetic, I have to admit. Like, and, um, I, and that was quite... In fact, no, there was like a quiet period. Once we all we played that game, it was uh, St. Johnson away. We won 3-0, I think. That was the last game of that season. So then it was like the last day of secondary school or primary school, where you were basically like mm-hmm. saying bye to all your teammates. Wow. Bye, bye. And nobody had a clue who was staying, who was going. Everyone was free to leave that day. Everyone could go wherever they wanted. Wow. And in the end, probably, you know, exception of, of me, Lee Wallace, Lee McCulloch, Carlos Bocanegra, I think, stayed for a bit. Doran oh, Goyan wow. stayed for a bit. Might be missing a few, but with the exception of, of, of whatever select few it was, I never saw. So I haven't seen some of those players again in my life. Really? No. Right. It was a really, really strange day. And we had probably about a month, maybe four or five weeks then of just, I was getting offers from down south. It was very close to going to Portsmouth. Um, but I kept like kind of hanging on, just hoping that a, a, a proper sort of contract would come from Rangers. And yeah, then about quite late on in the end of the pre-season or end of the summer, um, I got an offer and it was... It wasn't. It wasn't as good as what I was getting down south as well. I was getting more down England, but I knew I just wanted to. I'd I'd, wait, I'd waited for six years to get. I'd been at the club for six years, and I didn't want to like leave without what turned out to be my best spell for the club. Like, and I knew I was going to have a chance to play every game. I wasn't going to have to play second fiddle to Yelovich or Boyd or Kenny Miller or Lafferty, and I knew I was going to get a run of game. So <clears throat> it wasn't a hard decision for me. It was, it, was, it was quite easy, but I can totally understand for some players why they did what they did. When you, when you come back in your, after the summer, and you come back and it's like you're saying Lee McCulloch, Lee Wallace, and that's still there. 
What was the place like when you came back after the summer? It was different. There's a lot less people. <laughs> was, right. I think we only had a squad of about 13 or 14 players, maybe. And then right. boosted by some young lads, obviously, as well. Um, the first game, we see, I only came back. I only had about two days pre-season before the first game, which was uh, breaking away in the Ram- Ram- Ramsons Cup. I- so like, I remember you know, watching it in BBC Alba. I couldn't understand a word of the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> remember, uh, remember the ball went in the bush? The hedge. Oh, I, the famous hedge. Yeah. The hedge, man. I remember so, it. To go, to go from, you know, I, only three or four months ago, Ibrox, Full House, et cetera, et cetera, to playing a break-in, no disrespect to break-in, in, in a Ramsons Cup game, it was it was different. But at the same time, for, a lot, for me and some of the younger lads, we had played in any amount of testimonial games reserve games, friendlies. In the, so we kind of knew what to expect. We just didn't, we didn't know to expect like 4,000 fans crammed around every single away pitch. Aye, aye, aye. Like Chinese media, Japanese media, New Zealand. Like it was bonkers. The, the, the actual media frenzy around the whole club at that time was just crazy. I mean, did you ever, did you ever like um, watch like Nasey and, and Stephen Whitaker doing that press conference when they decide, when they went on to stay about, you know, and we're leaving, and they kind of had a few words that a lot of Rangers fans will never forgive their players because of what they said. Were you? Did you have any opinions at that time? Well, what was think? it they said, Gredo? I can't remember. I, I don't think I've even watched it. Oh, <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. No, but he's, aye, the, point that, the point that you're making there is fair enough, Gredo. I mean, like, the, a lot of Rangers players see the, the, the ex-players as... Sorry, a lot of Rangers fans see the ex-players as traitors. Am I right? I'll, 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 I'll speak like you know I think when it came to moving on there was ways to move on there was ways of doing it there was the likes of Stephen Davis who as far as I'm aware made sure that Southampton paid Rangers a fee even though they didn't have to mm-hmm. so there's ways of doing it and, and I don't blame any player for moving on because there were international players that couldn't go and play Rams and Cup game a Rams and Cup game at breaking like you just can't do that and play international <clears throat> I was lucky enough actually and managed to do managed to play uh, a couple of games for Northern yeah, Ireland yeah. in the third division. But you know, that was really strange. So I don't blame any of those players. But at the same time, I think there was ways of going about it. And I think a few of those players will probably admit they were badly advised. They were, you know, they were they weren't exactly a hundred percent I it was, it was they were a lot younger and the people that had behind them should have advised them better and they could have handled that a lot better. Just what I to think... say. What to say and how to leave. There's a way to aye. leave. You know, by, with a bit of respect, and I, I think so obviously, <clears throat> unfortunately, have lost that a wee bit, maybe from fans. But I'll never criticise, you know, teammates like that. Do you not think it's like you know, when you see some of them try to come crawling back, like in particular, Naismith, he was he was uh, linked with the club. Was it last summer or the summer before? I think it was two seasons ago. I think before he and, went to, and he's making all the noises about all oh, Rangers, this and I love Rangers and all that. But then. You see the stuff that you said previously. See, as a Celtic fan, see if that was a, a an ex Celtic player, I would. Uh, you know the the abuse that he gets from Celtic fans is because he was such a fervent player for Rangers. He was pure ferocious against us, mm-hmm. and he always has been ever since. But uh, the Rangers fans gave him some amount of stick as well, and rightfully so, I think. You know, but I think you're right. What you're touching on there when you're saying. Um, they were advised poorly or something like that. I mean, I don't know if, you, if you're privy or anything like that, Andy, but well, see all these players, were they all around about the same kind of agent? Or was it 
Was it just um, were they all being led astray by different people? No, I can't. I I don't know them in terms of raging, but I also <clears> don't necessarily think they were led astray. All I mean by badly advised is that you know going ahead, going into a press conference like that, or or if you got a move, there was a way to leave the club by saying, "Listen." Love my time at the club. I have. I want to play international football. I can't play international football if I'm playing in the third division. Rangers fans, most sensible people, will be like, "Aye, fair enough, understand." Mm-hmm. And Bye. and the likes of Alan McGregor, Stephen Davis, players who've come back to the club uh, again have the full respect of of fans, as far as I'm aware, because they've come back and done a job and they left in the right manner as well. So uh, they they ones left. They ones left in the right manner. I, I was more uh, touching on Naismith and. <coughs> But uh, you're, you're right enough. Um, but I, I'm a I'm a great believer, and see if somebody puts the jersey on and they give a hundred percent, then you give them your support. You know what I mean? So these guys like Stephen Davis, like you said, Kenny Miller, who'd been in a way and been in a way. Every time he came back, he always gave a hundred percent for Rangers. So you can understand why these people are still held in high regard. You know, but it's uh, football's I, a job. Like that's that's the thing as well. I I I know that more than most now because I'm. 31 retired and I don't really know what don't know what I'm doing with myself next and mm-hmm. like, these guys have got the they've got to go and earn as much money as they can and in a very short period of time and your your career can go up in in dust like like minded at 29 retiring so I just don't blame any player for fancy a different way fancy it with the heart players see it with mm-hmm. the brain and they see it with the, the head, okay. money bags and and I actually don't blame them <clears throat> Andy, see when, see when you started off down in week two, and there was a lot of talk of like, kind of high-profile, not ex-players, but players that were coming to their end, the end of their career. Remember, Robbie Savage was making all the noise about wanting to come down and play for Rangers. And Did any of them ever come close at that point? Was it, Were they ever in talks with any of these? Like like I said, like Robbie Savage, I think, um, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Bullard that we spoke about at the time as well. Did any of them ever come to come close to actually signing for Rangers at the time? I've, I've genuinely, I've got, I've got no idea. Like, all I would say about that is I thought the club went about it the wrong way. I thought signing these players for those leagues was totally unnecessary because mm. we have a brilliant academy. We had a brilliant academy. My, my, my youth team won the league and cup double two years in a row. And then, I, and then only, only four years later, <clears throat> we're playing in the third division and I'm going, all of us are now 23. If we had a continued debate at the club, we could have easily got the club back to to where it needs to be on on you know a, per, a tiny tiny percentage of the budget. So I thought the club went about it maybe you know maybe did try to go for some players that were were names, but it was a business, it, it's a, it's a business thing, isn't it? But I, I, it I just was... could have done it with my the boys that I knew well that were at the club, youth players, could have got us out of those leagues probably without the necessity of signing sort of older experienced players? Too many. I mean, I think when I remember back, in, we should have, I agree with what you're saying, I think maybe one or two, maybe three kind of season pros, but we try to do too much. It should have, we, we should have bled through all the youth players. That was a perfect opportunity to do it for Rangers, in my opinion, definitely, man. 100%. Definitely. 100%. And then you would have had boys at 23 with, you know, 50, 100, 100 games for Rangers under the belt who, at that point, then they can say, like, are they good enough to bring us up to the top league or do they move on? And do we get mm-hmm. 500 grand for them or a million for them and make a bit of not money? Not just that as well, though, Andy, but see if these young boys bring Rangers back up into the Premier League. 
then they're legends at the club forevermore. Hmm. You know what I mean? They've they've Damn. they've taken the club for the darkest hours right all the way through. You know what I mean? They could make a fucking Hollywood movie out of that sort of stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's, it, it, it baffles me why they, they were flinging money, and again, no disrespect to, to any players, but they were flinging money at like Kevin Kyle and players like that. Do you know what I mean? They were, they were flinging ludicrous amounts of money at these players to play in the third division. And it was, I, I, like you said there, I don't know why they didn't just invest in their youth setup that they've been paying so much money for throughout all these years. I, I, like I said, I don't know. The first two years were fine. We got out of Division Three, then mm. we got out of League One, easy, no, no issues. Obviously, the, the problems came in the Championship when we Championship when, when they when they when didn't they didn't manage it. So at that mm. stage, then maybe yeah, you could have done with a few more of those experienced, good signings. But for, certainly for those first two years, we could have done it with the youth team, no doubt. Right, but Andy, fast forward to like May twenty fourteen, you're released to Rangers. How hard was that leaving Rangers? I was. Absolutely got it, mate. You know, not ashamed to say I was absolutely bawling my eyes out going out the doors and the gates, the blue gates of the training ground. It was it was something that our head of youth had always told us, like, make sure you give absolutely everything because the minute you leave those blue gates, you'll you'll regret not giving it your all. But I was I was I was comfortable knowing that I'd I'd probably got the best I could have got out of my Rangers career. I've been I've been lucky, I've been also been really, really, really unlucky with injuries. Um but uh, you know I was in tears and I drove straight. To, I just drove straight home. I went and got the the like three thirty ferry from uh, Stranraer to Belfast. Really, and really. Like, I need to get out of Glasgow, so I went straight home and um, just left Everton in my flat. And mm-hmm. I got a nice message from Ali McCoist. I spoke to him a wee bit after. He then, um, I, I'll be honest, I thought he was a prick for twenty four hours. Like, but that Aye. was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was the one to release me. He called me in Tuesday after the last league game. And I had a meeting and I th- was starting to get a wee bit suspicious because I fully expected another contract or, you know, up until probably the last week of the season. Um, mm-hmm. But I had a wee thigh injury and it was interesting. I was listening to one of your podcasts and I think you were talking about McCoy's playing in his last game, but he didn't get played. Aye, that's right. The, the Kelly game when he played for Kelly and Bobby Williamson, didn't mm-hmm. he bring Aye. him on? Aye. So Aye. similar, but not, not the same. I was injured with shock, horror, like, as I always was. But with, with, with a couple of weeks to go, the last game of the season, I was back fit and I was playing reserve games. And then the squad went up for the final game of the season, which was Dunfermline. And my name wasn't in the squad list. And this was on the Friday. And I was like, I went in to speak to him. and says, Gaffer, I know I've got a meeting with you on Tuesday, but my name's not in the squad list. Is there, is there a reason? And he says, oh, I thought you were injured. I was like, I'm not injured. I played a reserve game last week. You know, and mm-hmm. I actually, my actual, this was the first time that I thought this, the right might be, the right might be on the wall. But I just says to him, listen, Gaffer, if this is going to be my last game for Rangers, or if this is going to be my last week at Rangers, I want to play in that game. So he scribbled my name on the team sheet, put me on the on the team sheet, played them firm, and I came on as a sub, played the last half an hour. But uh, well, that's interesting, man, because you, 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 there must have been mixed emotions here. Because if he puts that name up, you're thinking, right. This could be the right on the wall, literally. But yeah, yeah. I, that must have been weird, man. Weird because it was like I wanted to be involved in the game because every every player does. But then by him writing my name up there and by me saying that to him, I thought, well, I either say nothing and go home now and I have a meeting on Tuesday and I haven't played, or I say something and he puts me in the squad, he plays me. But if he does that, that probably means I'm getting released because he could have said to me at that point, "Listen, Andy, you've had a thigh injury." 
I've got a meeting on Tuesday. I'm offering you a contract. Don't risk it. There's no point in you risking the last. He's not. He's just put your name. He's just put your name up. Then that. Uh, oh, that's that's well, horrible. Gone, that's horrible. I've gone brilliant, great, and then and then that was me. So Aye. anyway, but listen, I, I I love my time. I've so much respect for him as a manager. He was good to me, and uh, like I say, I thought he was a prick for 24 hours, and then I went back to <laughs> thinking he was a hero again. So it's all good. <laughs> Have you have you spoke, seen Ali since? Do you talk? Have you ever bumped into him at Rangers when you're doing Rangers TV and stuff? He's such a he's such a gentleman. Like he, I met him in the airport with uh, Danielle, my fiance, and I introduced her to her to him. Sorry, and well, wait a minute, that's a can of sin. Don't introduce her anymore. You know, it was funny whenever um, I signed for Rangers. Uh, my mum absolutely loves him. Loves him. <laughs> Rangers fans were always the same, wasn't it, man? Yeah. yeah. Right. Paul Paul was the manager when I signed. Obviously, the shocker, and he was he was gone by January. Um, so I was only in the youth team, and we tra- we the youth team are on one side of the training ground, and the first team are on the other side. And there's actually like a change in the brick. So the brick on the youth team is a cheaper brick on the walls. I mean, and the brick on the first team is a more expensive brick, and it's supposed to be about the fact that like you're in the youth team, you're not first team yet. You're not. You're not there yet. Aye. So mum, for the first like two weeks solid of me being at Rangers, kept phoning me up every afternoon being like, so have you seen him yet? Have you seen him yet? <laughs> <laughs> I can totally imagine that. Like. <laughs> and I was like, mum, listen, I'm not, allowed to, I'm not allowed to go past the bricks. I'm not allowed to go and see him. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant, so, man. See, back home and he released you. Did your mum call him a prick as well? Yeah, <laughs> 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 Oh, it's brutal, man. It's brutal. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you leave and you sign a two-year deal with Preston, Andy. When you sign a two-year deal with Preston, was there other clubs interested in you at the time? I, I was very nearly going to uh, New Zealand. Um, really? Yeah. And, and, and honestly, I wish I had now because I look back at football and I think I should have used it. Once I left Rangers, I was never going to play for a bigger club, I was never going to have a better experience of a fo- of, of football than playing for for that team. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd used football just to travel because I see a lot. Of, I see a lot of players like Killian Sheridan's a great example, Celtic, and he's been back at St Johnson and away again. He's been in like every country in Europe. He's been in America, been in Asia, and he's earned probably mm-hmm. earned a fortune. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd gone to it was Wellington, Wellington Phoenix for the team. Oh, they're good team, aren't they? Part of the league. I, are you for him, Gredo? The man New Zealand team. <laughs> Did you just think, no, that England pressing, keeping the limelight, that kind of idea? Was that going through your head? I think so. Like, I'd played at that stage, I played for Northern Ireland a fair few times, and there was, I loved, absolutely loved playing for my country. Like, that was probably, Aye. apart from old oh, firm goal and league, winning leagues at Rangers, like playing for my country, representing my country was definitely my, the highlight. So I thought, if I go to New Zealand, that's me. You know, I'm 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 never going to play for my country again, probably. So, because um, it's a bit of a, a bit of a flight back from from there. So, um, <laughs> Joe's Preston for for football reasons, and my agent um, Colin Murdoch, he'd been at Preston as well, so he had good stories to tell, and he said it was a good club. And we ended up getting promoted and a double ma- my wages, so I was buzzing. <laughs> See what you're saying there about being loving the international football, Andy. What's your thoughts on it just now with what's going on, obviously, in the world and stuff like that? What's your thoughts? Do you think they should curtail international football as much as possible just now? I think so, I. 
I think it's big. I think, I think what we're going through right now, everyone's got their own their own issues in their life, but I think what we're going through is bigger than than international football. Certainly, yeah. I think club football. I can see why. I can see why you continue club football because actually, I'm, I can't wait for the I can't wait for the game tonight, and I can't wait for. Like, we all loved that old firm game, even yep. though it wasn't it wasn't proper old firm, obviously. No, but not always loved it, mate. Not always loved it. <laughs> Most days loved it, Andy. Most days loved it. It was a great day. It was a great day. Yeah. So, like, I, I think international football could be put to the wayside until until things are a bit more calm. But club football, I think, I think it's as important for mental health and for for us fellas. It's a good show. And and and, and so it's to have that we release and. Um, something to shout at the TV about, I suppose. So, you, when was it you retired? 2018? So, I, I, I was 29 when I retired. I'm 31 now. So, mm-hmm. so I always thought it was your injuries that played a big part in it, but I'm reading on the notes here that you said basically that the fun had just left you in terms of playing football. That was not your kind of... The love had, aye, a bit of had went away. Is that, tell, tell us how you felt. What was, what was going on there? Like, it's a no-brainer. Travelling away in the lower leagues of Scottish football... You know, to far-flung places in Scotland. I don't want to name the places because I don't want to. I don't want to, you know. But you know the games I mean, and and right. it's okay when it's Rangers and there's cameras and there's crowds and there's whatever. But the fun, the fun from that point of view, had certainly gone out of it for me. But I still was, I was still like, basically, what happened was I, I fractured my skull um, about three and a half years ago now, maybe. Um, yeah. Right. I came back up from Preston. I was in a part of Thistle. Couldn't get fit. Went to Stirling Albion to play the remainder of the season. And about a month into my time at Stirling Albion, a, a trialist in uh, training basically caught me with his kneecap just there, inside <gasps> of my skull. Wow. And I was knocked unconscious for five minutes. I was in, in Edinburgh Hospital for 10 days. And I was out of football for 10 months. So, see, when you come back, I came back and I played. Like, but I was seeing specialists and they were sort of saying, listen, you've literally had a, a brain injury. Um, you need to be very careful sort of thing. And it just got to the point where I felt like the reward for playing at lower league football, earning what you earn, Aye. having to get a job because you don't earn enough to, you know, to survive when you play part-time. Uh-huh. I just thought it wasn't worth the risk of possibly something else happening again. So that was the reason. Aye, Aye totally. Oh, that is what, like you're saying earlier on, like so you leave that, you're not making enough money, you'd have to get a job in the lower leagues. Is it what have you got other interests with football now as well? Like you were saying earlier on, both can't like property and stuff. I'm in property now, basically full time. So is that your full time job now then, Andy? I so I basically I've got my own my own flats and then um I do refurbs for other people, but kinda of what I want to do now is like help footballers because they're daft, as you know. Podcast, <laughs> uh, and and they're just there's so many boys that I played with who earned a lot more money than I did, and they came out of football and they've got fuck all to show for it basically. Um, right. So my whole thoughts are that I can try and help players basically. Obviously, I'm going to make a bit of money out of it. Wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't. But right. help right. help them invest their money in property. So help them buy, help them find a place, help do the refurb, and then okay, I do admit. So I'm fucking off to do that, man. That's a brilliant right. idea, man. Uh, wrap it up, <laughs> wrap it up, because I see it's been good. No, man. no, 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 no. It's time for the quiz, man. Time for the quiz, Andy. <laughs> uh,
We just need to let our listeners know that Andy Little has told us that he has a phobia. That I've never heard of this phobia before. But it's like, what is it? Quiz phobia or something like that? Is no, it actually, there is. A, I Google it. It's called... Uh, You've been Googling this shit then, right? Test, test anxiety. Test anxiety. <laughs> right. i tell you what, Andy. I tell you what. I don't mind just say I fucking hate quizzes and I told you I wasn't doing it. Andy, Andy, I tell you what. Right, I'm going to ask you one question just so that you can be level with David McCracken, right? Right, I better get it right. What was, what was your squad number at Rangers? That's a shit question. That'll be, <laughs> That'll be five or six squad numbers. Hey, what, was your, what was your last squad number you wore at Rangers? Seven. There we, right, there we go. Andy Little goes joint with David McCracken on the one. <laughs> there we go, Andy. There we go. There we go. Good, good for I'll... you, mate. And you know what? The first step in a problem is admitting that you've got a problem, Andy. So I'm proud of you, mate. You've come through there. You've come through there. <laughs> Andy, right. good luck on comms tonight, mate. And thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. But uh, thank thanks you very much for that, Andy. I appreciate that, big. And take care. Right, Trent, so what do you think of the show this week, eh? Andy, Andy Little was a decent guest, wasn't he? I, I thought it was interesting to hear what? him talk about the stuff near the end of the show. When he was talking about how he's going to help football players, you know, kind of... <laughs> give them a bit of advice with their money and stuff like that. I think that's a big, big issue that a lot of folk don't touch on. So it was interesting. It reminded me a wee bit. Remember, remember the boy I got my Legends lottery ages ago? He played for Fissel and he's now working in finance. And he said ah, there's no support. And it, Jamie Mitchell. It reminded me him a wee bit. Aye. Like talking about that because there's no help for football players and all that shit. So, uh, do you know what it used to be back in the day? Footballers used to buy pubs. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And they, they obviously they don't do it anymore because they're fucking Aye. athletes and they don't need to fall back on the, the alcoholism of Scotland. Did Simon Donnelly and Jackie Manamara, did they know by a pub last year in Fenderola or something like that? Okay. Don I, I why did I not think it, why did I think it was in New York? I don't know, mate. Mate, my heat's away, mate, man, I don't know what's going on with me. Kenny Rogers in you all right? Mate, I'm starting to think I'm fucking losing my marbles here. Did you, did you find the lid off that bottle of coke? No, that's the worst part of my day so far. Honestly, cool. I've had to sit and take powders for you all day, but nobody able to find this bottle, the lid off this bottle of coke, it's really getting under my skin. So hey, I take it in... Shelts and Bob took a bit of banter and all, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it you're in the Nick to tell us a big brother story too? Oh. Mate, fuck it. After, the, after what you've put me through the day, you're wanting the legendary big brother story. You can climb up my ass, Grado. It's not <laughs> happening, mate. Oh, come on. on. Listen, we'll get to the day, lads, have we? It's a long story, isn't it? Right, no, do you know what? I'm not doing it when Ryan's here. I'll do it when John's here. Right, okay, do Right, no bar. Give it up for Ryan Gallagher, who's been standing in for John. Producer John, give it up for Chris Stowe. Give it up for Shelton Bob and myself, Grado. Both the nominated <laughs> game show presenter. We'll see you next week on Football Daft. Audio Frontier. <laughs>